The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Good morning and welcome to you, my friends. It is that most beautiful day of the week where we get a chance to talk about issues of a 2A nature. That's right. Second Amendment, the firearms, the, the you know, gun rights, gun laws, Second Amendment. It's all here right now, and uh, we're, we're ready to go. Boy, it's been a couple, it's, it's been a couple wild days here, folks. I'll tell you that for nothing. Record snowfall. I mean, you thought the snowpocalypse was bad last winter. This uh, <clears throat> it has been pretty pretty brutal right now. Uh, Rick just said had a couple power outages. Do you have a? And Rick doesn't live too far away from where I live. He said, "Do you have a backup generator for the show?" The answer to that is no. But I do have some battery backups that will hopefully last long enough for me to throw the programming to something else for the stations because it's just ooh man. It's, uh, it's, it's, a it's quite a, it's quite a thing, man. I could hear my power supplies yesterday as the power flicked on and off going, I mean, they were really trying to uh, keep us, keep us going here. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend, still trying to dig out, uh, all that wet, heavy snow, uh, trying to get it before it gets down to the hard freeze again. So you don't have these huge piles of you know, stuff in the middle of the driveway, but, uh, it, uh, you know, it's supposed to warm up 30 degrees right now, uh, here at the old, uh, homestead. Um, I did not go anywhere yesterday. I worked from home yesterday, worked a full, I think I, I think I worked a full, almost 14 hours yesterday. So it's, it's good to go. First and foremost, let me give you the rundown. Uh, no, first and foremost, let me pay my respect. Semper Fi. Uh, today is the 248th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, on this day, November 10th, 1775, at the Tun Tavern, uh, they sat down and uh, started taking recruits, and that was the foundation and formation of uh, of the Corps. And uh, I want to say a special hoorah uh, to uh, all those uh, uh, Marines out there past, present, and future, who have uh, done everything that they can do for their country. And, uh, and I just want to say, I just want to say thank you and Semper Fi uh, for uh, all you gyrenes out there. All right. So thank you for what you do. And 248 years, here's to 248 more. All right. Happy birthday, uh, U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, also, uh, go on with that, what we got here in hour one. We are, um, 
Well, I didn't get, I didn't, didn't solidify. I was a little too ambitious yesterday and I did not solidify my, uh, uh, visit with Dr. Lott. So it's going to be you and me in hour one. And, uh, we're going to be hanging out, talking about some of the big stories out there, uh, including, uh, the Rahimi decision, uh, that is, you know, in front of the Supreme court right now, we're going to figure out what's going on there. And, uh, then, uh, in hour two, uh, we will get our guest. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion Chris Chang, is uh, going to be uh, joining us here in Hour 2. And we'll be talking with him about, well, a little bit of everything. So he may be popping in anytime after 7 a.m. this morning. Uh, And then, of course, as always, we'll finish up with Willie Waffle. Uh, Waffle, uh, the the Waffleator will come in and give us the weekend movie review. So it's it's all good. Okay, my dog is, can you hear that? My dog is snoring underneath my feet. Um, All right, let's, uh, let's, let's get into some of the big news and the headlines and everything else. I'm just not sure where I want to start today. Um, I mean, we could talk uh, a lot about the, um, I think we'll, I think we'll keep the Rahimi decision discussion, you know, to go, well, I guess I should say first and foremost, mm-hmm, all right. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off, uh, now's the time to do it. We're going to have open line, open form for the first, um, for the first, uh, part of the show here. So feel free to, uh, jump in and do that. I forgot to say that earlier on. Uh, so feel, you know, feel free to make this an interactive discussion today, uh, with your thoughts on any of the stories that we have going on out there. Uh, I think we'll talk a little bit more. The Rahimi decision is going to take a little bit more, um, uh, it's a little bit more in depth. So I'll probably go into that here a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, some very interesting things happening around the country. Uh, remember how we have been talking about in the non-firearm Friday part of the program, how we've been talking about local elections and everything that's going on and how it's amazing that all these outside special interest groups have been throwing money into local, not just local, but small elections like school boards and everything else. Mm, I may have discovered a pattern, may have discovered a pattern. Cam Edwards uh, writes over at Bearing Arms about the Virginia school board race and how there is a school board race in Virginia um, where uh, Michael Bloomberg's Every Town for Gun Safety is dropping a cool quarter of a million dollars in a school board race in Loudoun County. This is, I mean, a quarter in a school board race in Loudoun County. Um, according to the, uh, according to the, uh, reporting over at KOMO news, all nine seats on the Loudoun County public school board are up for grabs, uh, were up for grabs, uh, an analysis of all 18 candidates campaign, campaign finance filings conducted by crisis in the classroom determined that the two candidates who have received the most contributions can thank a prominent out of state lobbying group. Ann Donahue running for LCPS's open at large seat and Erica Ogadengbe looking to continue representing Leesburg have both received donations from every town for gun safety action fund. 
The New York City-based group, which advocates for gun control measures, was founded by and continues to receive the majority of its funding from Michael Bloomberg. Donahue has received $19,900 in campaign contributions. Um, and the Everytown for Gun Safety Action Fund is Donahue's second highest campaign contributor this election cycle, accounting for more than a quarter of her overall balance of 73000 I mean, she's like a third, almost a third of her overall campaign balance came from Everytown for Gun Safety. I mean, she's going to, nope, I mean, nothing to, nothing to see here. Uh, Loudoun County uh, has been just brewing with scandal apparently over the last uh, uh, over the last uh, few months apparently, uh, and a growing number of student overdoses on campus is a top issue. So it looks like that the this year's election could see a swing to the Republican majority. Uh, Evertown has been you know kind of moving away not just from gun safety, but they've done some stuff for uh, abortion and some other things as well, uh, asked about this, uh, you know, why they would give her money or why she would take their money. She said uh, that she just says she understands how critical school safety is. You know, I'm the only candidate in my race that has prioritized student safety and mental health, and I'm the only one that's spoken up about the need to prevent gun violence in our schools. And I'm the only one. We all must take action to get... The problem is, is that when you look at her website, what is this decisive action to keep students safe that she keeps talking about? There's nothing specific on the site, and there's not a lot that a school board can do to infringe on your Second Amendment rights, but it definitely helps shape the curriculum, right? They can shape the curriculum that your students are exposed to. Again, this goes back to the, uh, you know, give me three generations of your kids. Putting committed gun control activists on a school board is a good way to help indoctrinate the next generation into viewing this the uh, Second Amendment as a historical anachronism or a fundamental violation of human rights. I've heard that, too. Second Amendment just is a violation of human rights. Maybe they're just trying to raise the, you know, maybe they're saying uh, these guys, the, these two candidates have got a, a bright political future. Maybe they're trying to raise their public profile, whatever it is. The fact that you've got uh, the fact that you've got um, every town and moms demand action working on recruiting candidates across the country into these kind of local races should tell you something very. It should be very telling, should tell you something very telling. Is that redundantly redundant? It should tell you something important. And that is that they are trying to take control of some of the fun, some of the fundamental levers of uh, of. you know, our education system and of teaching our children. Um, and they're, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing the agenda, baby. They're bringing the big agenda. That's what they're bringing on. Uh, so again, interesting to see that we're seeing some parallels to what's happening in our races here. Uh, we didn't have every town for gun safety or, uh, you know, but you saw a private Planned Parenthood, the, uh, NEA, the, uh, the labor unions, all this, outside money being poured into these things it uh, there's some serious parallels there and we should be paying closer attention to that for sure 100% for sure as we uh, as we look forward on that but anyway every town for gun safety school board races kind of weird kind of kind of weird 
Um, of course, we also had the big election across the country uh, this uh, this last week where it was election day in many places. Um, and there was some, uh, you know, there was some tough news for those of us who are more uh, who are pro-life uh, in some of the different things. Ohio uh, passing, a, you know, passing the law for, you know, for the right to an abortion and things like that. That was tough. Um, but there were also some very interesting things that happened in some areas that um, have uh, been in the news uh, for the last year or so, including down in Uvalde, Texas, where a mom and gun control activist was running for election in Uvalde to try and bring about change. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Firearms Friday, and we'll uh, see you on the other side of this. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget, you can join us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show slash live. If you want to be part of it, come and join the conversation. We'll return right after this. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be streaming live every weekday morning on facebook live and michaeldukesshow.com break out the crayons man i love the purple ones they're delicious um Uh, can you ask Chris if he thinks that hair gel is a lizard person? I saw that picture, that new street artist. That is, uh, just crazy. Ladies donut breakfast in Nikiski this morning. Oh God, I want a donut so bad right now. Thank you for that. Oh, just wanted a donut. <laughs> Okay. All right, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that uh, Brian post about... Uh, um, where, where's my... Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh-huh, there we go. I want to take a cop. I wanted to take a picture of that. I want to take a snapshot and send that to Chris before we... Uh, uh, before we uh, go through here, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking for the picture of the lizard man. Man, come on! I know you put it up here in your. I saw it on my feed. Where there it is. There it is. Um, I'm gonna. I could. I'm gonna send this over to Chris so that he's so he's ready to comment on it before we get uh, before we get too far afield here. Um, let's see if he can, uh, he can do this. Let me cut this out here. Uh, just like this. Uh, uh, okay, here we go. Did you see this question mark? This is to Chris Chang. 
Um, uh, who knew? Uh, okay. Boom. All right. I sent it to him. Okay. So <laughs> that, I mean, that was, that was pretty funny. I mean, that was pretty funny. The reptile, the reptile a minute. That is it right there. Um, I had bacon and eggs and toast for breakfast this morning. I haven't even had breakfast. Friday morning donut fry at the Treehouse Restaurant in Nikiski. Uh, stop your whining and grab a donut out of the green room. You know, surprisingly enough, the donuts in the green room are not that filling and, and or not that satisfying. It's as if they were actually made by the government, It which is weird because, you know, it's, I mean, it's weird that way. Okay. Let me get comfortable here. <clears throat> Ooh, that's better. Okay. Grab a donut from Jason's Donuts. Oh, man, my wife was, she was like, she's like, yeah, it was like 10 o'clock or 10.30 or 11 or something, and Jason's posted a picture of all the donuts they still had on their racks. <laughs> they had all these donuts on their racks because nobody had come in. Uh, because the roads were so horrific. And she said, well, they eventually sold out. But, you know, normally I've driven by Jason's Donuts, which is now in Eagle River. I've driven by there a couple times on the way into work after doing the show, which means I get there about 9 o'clock. And about two-thirds, 75% of the time, they're sold out. They're totally sold out by that time. It's just, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad, man. Sad man. Um, all right. We are, um, I'm about to open up a bag of Little Debbie's Chocolate Donuts, says Chris. Why do you guys hate me? Why do you, you know? Uh, my mom used to make donuts. Um, she had a recipe that was amazing. I still remember. I remember the cookbook cover. It was like one of those red plaid cookbook covers. Um, and she made some amazing, she made some amazing donuts. Okay, we're 30 seconds out. Here we go. We're going to jump back into it. I'm all over the place this morning. I'm just, I'm, I'm dreading the, I have to go into town today, no matter what. So I'm dreading the drive. Um, just, I'm just ready, man. I want this, I want the weekend to be here. All right, here we go. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, follow, subscribe, do all that stuff. Here we go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. I mean... If you want to feel that way, I mean, who am I to, who am I to tell you how to feel, Snowflake? Uh, welcome back to the program. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of how you feel, we're moving on here, uh, taking a look at all of the uh, 
taking a look at all the things that are happening around the country. Uh, of course, uh, Tuesday's Election Day was a big day across the nation for many locations where they had local elections and uh, and state elections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and one of the places where they had an election was in Uvalde, Texas. Of course, um, uh, that the tragedy that took place last, uh, last year uh, still fresh in the minds of many Americans. And, of course, the failure uh, of what happened there. Uh, you know, in the minds of many Americans as well. Well, one mother who lost her daughter uh, to that tragic, uh, tragic shooting um, has become uh, an advocate for more gun laws, showing up at the U.S. Capitol in the State House in Austin, calling on politicians to ban so-called assault weapons to raise the age to purchase a modern sporting rifle from 18 to 21. Uh, and as the Texas Monthly reported in a profile, uh, she was regularly interviewed by reporters from NPR, the New York Times, the television networks, Time Magazine, the Texas Tribune, and various Texas newspapers and television stations, and was a frequent speaker at gun control rallies. So all this press and, and uh, you know, echo chamber stuff gave her the, the courage to decide that she was going to throw her hat in the ring for Uvalde mayor this year. Um, once again, when she decided to do that, she got a lot of attention, both <clears throat> locally and nationally. But when the votes were tallied on Tuesday, <clears throat> Kimberly Matarubio fell far short of victory. In fact, she lost to former Mayor Cody Smith by an almost two to one margin. Um, there were signs ahead of the election that Mata Rubio's campaign was failing to find traction amongst Uvalde residents, including a pre-election profile from the Houston Public Media um, where they did this profile on her. And this is what they said. This is this is the NPR voice. For Mata Rubio, turning grief into action is not just about her family. She says everyone lost something that day in May. My community is also suffering, she said. We lost our sense of security. We lost 21 residents, and I want to be part of the change my community sees. But not everyone wants that kind of change. Talking to people in town, uh, the town of 15,000, reveals a divided community with clashing ideas on how to move forward. Some would rather not have a permanent reminder in town, such as the 21 white crosses that line the plaza's fountain. More than five months after the massacre... Uvalde County voted to re-elect Republican Governor Greg Abbott, despite his opponent Beto O'Rourke, campaigning for stricter gun measures. Only 45% of eligible Uvalde County voters cast a ballot. And only 45%. 45% is an amazing turnout. Are you kidding me? Only 45%. Uh, the tragedy didn't make much of a difference with new voters either. There have been fewer than 200 new voters registered in the county since the shooting. And uh, uh, Aide Escamilla, who works at the local junior college, says the lack of voter participation is apathy. See, this is how they're going to try and paint it, that it's apathetic. It's apathy. The voter turnout of 45 percent was voter apathy. I don't think that this mayoral race is going to reflect anything different in our community. It's just voter apathy. People just don't care, except if you dig a little bit deeper. It turns out. That uh, this case that the uh, that the voters uh, in this mayoral election 
that the turnout was actually a bit higher this year compared to last year's mayoral race. So I don't think you can pin up this uh, whole idea to voter apathy. The thing is, is that people find it a little offensive when you utilize a tragedy or some kind of crisis like that to try and push your agenda, especially when your agenda in some ways is to just heal the wounds and move on. I mean, I, I found it very telling that uh, in the beginning uh, they said that, you know, some would rather not have permanent reminders in town um, that they would, you know, like the 21 crosses that are laid out around the plaza. Some people just don't want to see that. Um, you know, some people just don't want to see that daily reminder of what's going on. They want to move forward. They want to heal. And uh, they probably don't appreciate people who want to try and make uh, and make this big thing, uh, you know, make this constant reminder where every day you have to pass it and see it and be reminded of it. So uh, but it's good to see it's it, it's good to see that cooler heads have still prevailed, that they're not going to let that tragedy, uh, you know, uh, you know, not try and let her allow her to capitalize on that tragedy, tragedy, uh, tragedy, tragedy and move forward on uh, on that as well. Um, remember, I said earlier that uh, it looks like the. Uh, that I had recently heard that the Second Amendment is a violation of human rights. I mean, that that's, that's actually an argument. The parents of the students who were killed at the, in the Parkland shooting have teamed up with a Brady Foundation's former chief litigator to file a first-of-its-kind complaint with the Inter-American uh, Commission on Human Rights alleging that U.S. gun policy violates basic human laws that deprived, uh, deprived uh, Joaquim Oliver of his right to life. The lawyer who left the Brady Group to start, to, uh, to start the group called Global Action on Gun Violence is spearheading the lawsuit with the help of the head of George Washington's University Law School Civil and Human Rights Clinic, and unlike most litigation involving Second Amendment issues, this one is launched with a slickly produced ad campaign created by Zulu Alpha Kilo. Uh, this guy, Jonathan Lowley, as you might recall, is the same one that was heading up the Mexican government's lawsuit against most major U.S. gun manufacturers. Now, the District of Columbia or District Court tossed out that case, and the First Circuit Court of Appeals heard arguments over the summer about whether or not to reinstate the case, but as of right now, it's currently in limbo. But in this case, Lowry uh, uh, is working with Manuel and Patricia Oliver, who founded the anti-gun group Change the Ref after their son was murdered. They aren't asking the U.S. court to rule that the Second Amendment is a violation. Instead, they're taking their argument to an international body that has no jurisdiction over the United States. This is the Internet. I mean, this is exactly the same kind of thing that they tried to do earlier over. Um, um, uh, I think it was I think it was a wasn't it an abortion rule that they that they uh, had done uh, earlier? Um where somebody tried to take it uh, to the international courts and say, make make the United States do what we want or else. But the fact that they can't even, you know, the fact that, the, first of all, the fact that they have their own public relations campaign to begin with on this whole thing pretty much tells you that it's, it looks like a PR stunt. 
And then they get into the uh, it, 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 then they get into the actual verbiage of the stuff, the complaint itself. And it it's very obvious that they do not have a clear and classical understanding of how and what the founders and framers were thinking when they were writing and discussing the creation and foundation of the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment specifically, which you can find. This is not hard. You can pick up a book. And you can read what they were saying, what they were thinking, because they wrote it all down. They were writing pamphlets of the day. You can read, again, the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist papers and the correspondence between Jefferson and others. I mean, you could this is not rocket surgery. You don't have to be a mind reader. You could see what they were thinking. But this complaint goes to read as follows. The Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was understood for over two centuries to only concern the well-regulated militia, which the framers intended to protect and therefore mentioned in the text, not private gun ownership, which, again, shows a complete lack of understanding about how grammar works. Because grammar. Um which the framers, okay, in 2008, the Supreme Court of the United States created a new right to handguns for self-defense, which was not mentioned by the second, which was not mentioned by the Second Amendment's framers or in the text, except for the part about the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They didn't need to get down into the specifics. They just said the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's just like that's that's like making an argument that the First Amendment didn't mention the Internet or the newspapers or pamphlets or climbing up on a soapbox or television or any other form of First Amendment free speech rights. It's like saying that it's like saying it doesn't the handguns, you know, they made a new rule for handguns and that wasn't mentioned in there. (laughs) This is the most this is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. Um, and then the court vastly expanded that right in 2022, requiring historical precedent for gun laws and making public safety considerations of little relevance in determining the constitutionality of the laws. Well, that's because you guys continued to abuse the safety considerations aspect and gave it inordinate weight against constitutional rights. That's why. These rulings have led courts to strike down numerous gun laws and may constrain future regulations. The United States appears to be the only nation in the world that has chosen to put gun industry profits over public safety and gun rights over human rights. You are so freaking snarky. I mean, just just, I don't know how stupid these people could be. But this is I mean, this is where they're going with it. For I mean, oh, it's just the well- the well-regulated militia that being necessary to a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed the right of the people not the militia they're using it as an example in the the right of the people I don't know you you know people they got their they got their axe to grind and they're going to do it Um, The historical evidence for an individual right to keep and bear arm is absolutely overwhelming. That's I mean, that's what Heller was talking about. And that's what Bruin makes even absolutely more clear that they now have to hold it to the historical record. You can see very clearly 
that that's what was important. That's what the, you know, that's what they went on and talk about. What would these folks like to see in America? What would they like to see in, uh, you know, what what do they want? The international, what is it called? The International Commission on Human Rights. What do they want? What do they want them to do? Oh, it's the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights. They want, uh, you know, they want to require gun purchasers and and owners to obtain a license. They want to require background checks for everything. They want additional vetting beyond instant background checks. They want record keeping of private owned firearms and their owners. That's a registry. Any person who carries a concealed firearm in public is first to obtain a permit from law enforcement based on a valid need to carry. This is all stuff that's been overturned by the courts, by the way. Uh, Mandated design safety standards on firearms. Okay. Prohibit or further regulate the sale and possession of assault weapons. Prefer prohibit or regulate large capacity ammunition magazines. Prohibit gun purchases by people with assault or other non uh, other violent misdemeanors. Prohibit staff or other permit holders from carrying guns in K-12 schools. Require sales uh, safe sales safe sales and marketing practices by the gun industry. Restrict the sales of purchases on multiple firearms. You only get one apparently is what they're saying. I mean, this is this is a laundry. I mean, most of this stuff has already been tossed out by the courts. But there you go. That's the this is the. Man, this 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 guy, this lawyer, this reminds me of the Shakespeare quote. The first thing we do is. Anyway, just 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 reminds me. All right. I got one line on hold. Uh, but I only got a minute or two before I got to go here. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they have to say. We'll see who it is before we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Mike. Fred, Rhode Island. How you doing? Oh, good, Fred. All right. Well, good. I know it's Fred. I'm going to put Fred back on hold. I know he'll wait for me, uh, because I am coming up on the break and I want to, uh, be back here in just a moment. We're going to return one final segment for hour one. Then we'll be into hour two. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, will be joining us shortly. And then Willie Waffle. Happy Snow Day. Back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, We're going to... um... We're going to talk to, uh, we're going to talk to Fred here in a minute. They also think regulated means government. Whoops. Wrong one. No, roll eyes, more copy. Okay, here we go. They also think that, well, that regulated means government regulations, when in reality, regulated in the Second Amendment means fine-tuned like a well-running machine. Yeah, it means well-trained. That's what it, that's what, you know, that. You know, that's what it meant at the time. If you go back and look in the uh, vernacular of the time, the Noah Webster's Dictionary of 1775, you'll see that in that is one of the meanings of the word regulated. 
a well-trained, well-run, fine-tuned, well-running machine being necessary to a free state, the right and who is the and who is the militia, I ask? Any man from 16 to 60. That's I mean that was an actual question at one point. How stupid are they? Um isn't self-defense Isn't self-defense a human right? Asks uh asks Brian. Yes. Yes. Um Brian's Oh man, shots fired at David Hogg. Unlike Hogg, who made uh who made a career on the blood of his classmates. I mean, isn't that just kind of sick? I mean, that's it is really. Is it me? Or is it just that's just kind of sick? Right? Uh I'm scrolling backwards here. Um Where's Jason's Donuts? They used to be in Fairbanks. Yes, they used to be in Fairbanks, but now they're in Eagle River. Um, which is great. Oh, okay. If it wasn't for all the guns 200 years ago, we would all be speaking with a silly accent. Yes, exactly. Uh, Brian says, I'd proffer that they do not care what the founders were thinking. They know better than we. You're not wrong. I mean, you really aren't. You aren't. You aren't wrong. Um, okay. Going back over here. I want to win the lotto, but that just ain't happening. I Hey, I want to win the lotto. I really want to w- win the lotto. Um, Dick the Butcher was spot on. The What? Did I miss something? Donna says, Dick the Butcher was spot on. Am I... What, what did I miss? Apparently, I... I haven't had my coffee yet today, guys. I'm a little concerned here. Maybe I should do some Sudoku or crossword puzzles or something because my brain's feeling a little fuzzy. And then Donna just throws that out there and I have no idea what she's talking about. Um, Let's see. There was a reason the Second Amendment was second and it was going to come in handy soon. Um... Don't forget to ask Fred how he came to find out about the show. Oh, yeah, that was right. We were going to ask him then and see if he knows how many in Rhode Island's will fit inside of Alaska and can we send him snow. We'll ask him all those questions. But, yeah, I forgot the uh, I forgot to ask him that. I was, you, thank you for reminding me, uh, Brian, because I said that after we got done with with uh, Fred last time was, uh, you know, asking him how he found the show. And I said, remind me to Brian can follow instructions. See how that is? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, okay. Um, Greg is worried about 16 to 60. Crap, I'm aged out of the militia. No, I just I don't think that's going to be. I don't think that'll be a problem, man. Um, uh, Sudoku with Dukes along with yoga with Dukes. I mean, I, you know, that's the thing. You guys are having like these weird. I would not eat them with my mouth. Would not eat them with your mouth. Are you talking about the Debbie's Donuts things that, because they have chocolate wax? And how are you going to use them? Is it a suppository? What are you talking about? 
My God, you guys are confusing this morning. I just need, I just need some coffee. That's all I need. I need a big cup of Joe. <laughs> oh, I am ready for this week to be over. This week has been brutal and I am ready for it to be, I'm ready for it to be done. Um, how far are we out here? 45 seconds. All right. Uh, 45 seconds, ready to go, uh, and get things done. Fred is in Rhode Island. We're going to talk with him, get his thing. And we're going to, then we're going to ask him about how he found out about the show. That's where it comes from. All right. Let's, uh, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We could see the conversation string. It's hard for us to remember that you can't. Yeah, that's the thing. I just see them as they come. I don't see the conversation trees. So I'm like, what are you, what? Here we go. Let's get to it. Nope, let's get to it now. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Duke show assault radio? <laughs> okay, we can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a dick, but somewhat funny. Wow, that was almost offensive. I almost no, not really. He's it's he's right. I mean he is he is right. Uh yes. Donna was just quizzing me on my Shakespearean acumen. Um, and uh you're right. I had forgotten the character that spoke that line, Donna. So thank you. I was like, it was so bizarre. I was just like so, you know. Um, anyway, welcome back to the program. It is Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature. And the phone lines are open this morning at 907-433-3150. Our friend Fred is on the line all the way out there in Rhode Island. He calls in uh, and listens to the program every Friday to uh, give us his thoughts on what's going on. So let's check in with him. Good morning, Fred. What's on your mind, sir? Good morning, Michael. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, this whole thing with the, uh, you know, the mom's demand action and the Bloomberg, every town for gun safety. And, you know, they, you're, you're absolutely right. They kind of colluded with all these other, all these other, uh, I would call progressive groups, you know, like uh, Planned Parenthood and a whole bunch of others. And, uh, you know, and they, they kind of like pooling their resources, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. One, money. Two, you know, the, it's just the, uh, the clout. And three, you know, more power and control over uh, over every over everything and everybody else, you know. And again, align themselves with you know the, the uh, you know chief Muppet in charge up there in the White House, right, right. And then his, in his his insane policies, and uh, you know the whole thing, it, it, it it's nothing but collusion. It's nothing but nothing more than smoke and mirrors collusion for power, money, and control. You know, like you've been like you've been you know saying all along. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a capturing of the children. I mean, they're trying to capture a whole generation by controlling exactly what they're taught. I mean, whether it's the, you know, CRT or the or the the gender stuff or, you know, being anti-gun or everything else, getting these kids all yeah. politically woke. I mean, that that's all well, part and parcel of it. Well, I mean, for sure. Well, firearms are just a very small portion of it. I mean, it, it's a lot of things. It's socialism, it's communism, it's this, it's that. You know, it's it, it's their entire insane agenda. Right. There's nothing more than just you know, it's gonna it's just gonna ruin the country is what it's gonna do. In the end, it's gonna you won't even recognize the thing if this continues on the way it's on the on the track it's on right now. You won't even right. recognize this place. 
within, you know, maybe, you know, 40, 50 years, there won't be a United States of anything. There'll be a, probably a faction well, of China and Russia and God knows what else. The good news you is, know, is and, that uh, it, it, it's it, good it, news it, is, is unless that... something's done about it. And the whole thing is that, you know, this whole thing, that the, the gun control part of it, it's not gun violence. It's just violence, period. You know, and that, that's, you know, people don't realize that, especially, you know, down in Uvalde. I mean, people take advantage of it. Now, I feel sorry for the mom that she lost her daughter. That is a shame. But once again, how can you have gun control on one end and then you have Soros-backed attorney generals in these various states that promote no bail, low bail, no prosecution, you know, and, they, and the crime runs rampant. So right. what the hell are these people doing? You know, they're sitting there. On one end, they're sitting there with a small garden hose trying to put out a forest fire, and on the other hand, they're spraying gasoline on it with the other. You know, I, they, they exactly. make no sense. Exactly, Unless no. It's deliberate. Yeah, I no. Think that should be looked into, too. You know, no, I should really be investigated. What the hell's going on there? Right, Fred. I 100% agree. I mean, it is the hypocrisy of those kind of situations. It's the Seattle uh, assemblywoman or councilwoman who was defund the police, defund the police, defund the police. Then she gets carjacked and brutally pistol whipped. And now she's like, oh, I love the police so much. I mean, it's like it's all well and good until it affects them. You know what I mean? It's all good uh, for them to push their agenda until it affects them. So, um, yeah, 100% on that. Well, it's the, it's, the old, it's, the, it's, it's the old definition of a conservative. What's a conservative? A conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Hey, Fred, so we're going to ask you before we let you go, how did you find out about the program? We were going to – I was pontificating on that last week. How did you hear or discover the program? Oh, okay. Yep. My girlfriend at the time was working in Alaska with the federal government. She was a FAA. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's up there for many, you know, a couple of years. So she Uh-oh. Did we lose you, Fred? Uh, sounds like we lost Fred. Um, do I put Fred back on hold? Um, I guess we will put Fred back on hold. Maybe he can tell me this. He could finish telling the story. I'm going to put Fred back on hold here, uh, and we'll come back to him in just a second here. We'll try this other call. Nope, we lost his call completely. All right, we're going to take this other call then as we go forward. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Charles in Fairbanks. Hello, Charles. What's on your mind, sir? I always expect to hear about the door rebellion from Fred. You heard about that door rebellion in Rhode Island? I vaguely I vaguely recall a mention of it, but I don't recall the details. It was over elections and stuff. Uh, they actually created a second constitution and had to had to settle that. Uh, it could take about an hour. Fred would do it uh, for us. Uh, be interesting. Okay. Mike Shower be interested too. He mentioned something about history last. Okay. Last well, show. we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what can come out. The Door Rebellion in Rhode Island is that where it was? Did it take place in Rhode Island? D. Yeah. Okay. D O R R. Okay. Door Rebellion, eighteen forty-two. Easy. All right. Thanks so Thank much. You. I appreciate it, Charles. Uh, always good to learn a little bit of history. Uh, let's go back over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Yeah, it's Fred again. What happened? I was, I I was in the middle of the conversation. Uh, all of a sudden, I just went blank. Yeah, no, just, you just... Know, did, you, just did you get any of that? Yeah, we got a little bit of it, but you just blanked out. You left off where they said your girlfriend had been in Alaska working for the federal government for a couple of years, and yep. then you then you completely cut off, and we didn't hear anything beyond that. Well, okay. She she told me about she told me about it, you know, the, about the program, and uh, so I tuned it in for the first time, and I definitely definitely liked everything about it. So you know, I've been uh, I've been a regular ever since. I try to be. Well, good. Well, so, yeah, it's great. It's good. Well, I appreciate that. One of the one of the best one one of the best one of the best radio gun shows on 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 the air right now, in my opinion. Well, I appreciate that. That's high praise, Fred. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for for calling. Hey, do you know about this Door Rebellion of eighteen forty two that the previous caller was just talking about? Is that something that they talk about in Rhode Island a lot? I I I, I heard something about it in eighteen. I'm not all that familiar with it. I mean, I apologize, I'm a Rhode Islander, and I, I'm not too familiar with it. I have to look it up though. I am familiar with the fact that the entire revolution started in Rhode Island about 20 years prior to the Boston Tea Party. I guess you're aware of that, right? It's called the Gatsby, the burning of the British ship Gatsby. Yeah, no, I I remember that as part of the, yeah, part of the run-up to the actual revolution, that that was where a lot of the things got started. Um, I'm interested to find out more about this door, uh, uh, this door thing as well, though. But we'll we'll get it going on. All right, well, Fred, thank you for calling back and thank you for uh, sharing your sharing your uh, thoughts with us this morning. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay. You too, Michael. Take care. Now. All right. Thanks so much. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, we would love to hear what you have to say here this morning on this beautiful Firearms Friday. We're down to the last couple minutes here. Coming up in hour two of the big radio broadcast is going to be Top Shot champion Chris Chang. Uh, Top Shot champion Chris Chang, um, uh, who's going to be joining us and talking about, uh, um, you know, it was uh, it was it it should be a fun discussion on all the gun stuff that is fit to print uh, with uh, with him. He, of course, is Top Shot champion season uh, four, uh, also uh, author of the book Shoot to Win. And uh, many, many other accolades. He wears a lot of different hats here as we go through. Uh, So when we come back, we've got some other stories that we're going to touch on as well. Uh, Do I have time for one more call? I just saw the phones pop up here. I I got time for one more call if we keep it quick here. I got just about two minutes before we run the daylight out of the, before we run the daylight out of the machine here. So. Let's uh, go over here and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, Terry calling from Kodiak. Good morning, Terry. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just uh, remember seeing something about Israel having a uh, condition one. Uh, Sounded like uh, some kind of restriction on ammo um, before that uh, October 7th tragedy um, and I, I wondered if other people had heard about that I, I don't have a lot of details anymore uh, and it's probably been scrubbed from Facebook or something 
Uh, so right. Good luck finding anything about it. Well, prior but to the yeah, prior to the October seventh uh, attack, uh, the the restrictions that were in place on Israeli citizens included an ammunition restriction where they were only allowed fifty rounds a year uh, of ammunition, um, and that immediately doubled to a hundred. But a uh, hundred rounds of ammunition, especially if you're in a firefight, is not a whole lot of ammunition. And so I know that they were working on that and trying to get all that, uh, you know, uh, pumped up and, and loosen some of those restrictions to arm the civilians. So, yeah, there was a restriction. You were 100 percent right. There was a restriction of 50 rounds a year initially as part of that. And then they doubled it to 100. But again, not much when you're fighting for your life against a bunch of terrorists. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate your call. Uh, we got more coming up. Uh, hour two is dead ahead. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Willie Waffle, The Michael Duke Show. Okay. No. Man. What else have you guys been talking about here? Um, there's something fishy in Denmark. I love that. Um, I'm scrolling through some of the... Uh, I'm scrolling through uh, the thing. Uh, smaller scale. My garbage truck is drunk in front of my house, says Robert. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I can't take any can't take any side streets. You can't take anything. Um hmm. the FBI minder wins again. Oh man. Uh okay. Chronicling America Door Rebellion. Thank you. Um Uh, I was at the Alaska Outdoor Show, um, said Dick the other day, and talked to some guy at a booth for the gun rights, had a flag with snakes on it hanging from their table. They were attacking Republicans for the recent NRA bill and had a flyer with McCabe on it being an oath breaker. Uh, I've seen him on here, so have been wondering. That's Rick, um, that's the Alaska Gun Rights Association. They are the ones, they are, yeah, they're part of the FACL group that are kind of, they're, you know, they're unhappy about, uh, they're the ones that kind of a, a attack Republicans for not being Republican enough, right? It's kind of the circle the wagons crowd. Nice guys, I'm sure, but they're, you know, kind of counterproductive in everything that they're doing. Uh, Kyle says 50 rounds sounds like they want their citizens dead if that's all they were giving them were 50 rounds. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's a story about the husband and wife who armed themselves and put their kids in the safe room and then basically fought off the attackers. They killed something like 38, 38 terrorists. They eventually died, but their kids survived and they killed like 38 terrorists. Well, if they only had 50 rounds apiece, you got to be pretty damn accurate to kill 38 terrorists with 100 rounds. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, depending on the situation and everything else. All right. Uh, what's going on here? Um, mm, no. Mm, 
It's more spam. More spam. <clears throat> okay. Um, let me get a refresh. It took like a minute for that to pop up. So let me get a refresh here real quick. You guys uh, look at the look at the blue screen for the minute. Look at the pretty flowers. Look at the pretty flowers. Don't look back. Don't look back. Just look at the pretty flowers. Look at the blue screen for a second. Here we go. There we go. Okay. See how easy that was? Let's go over here. Um, they FOIA'd that doc. Uh, refresh your coffee. How about the cross-dresser manifesto? What? The, <laughs> what? <laughs> the cro oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you got 50 rounds against a bunch of terrorists who are wearing, you know, full battle rattle with 25 magazines, you know, carrying 25 magazines around, uh, you know, each with with 30 rounds in it. Yeah, what do you think's going to happen? Terrorists has got, you know, carrying 400 rounds of ammo. You're carrying 50. How is that going to work? Although I suppose you could just kill them and take one of their guns and then have their ammo. But you know what I mean. It's just, it's a definitely an un, it, it's an inequitable. Let's just put it that way. Inequitable for sure. The trans shooter in Tennessee. Oh yeah. What about that? I forgot about that. That they, that there was a manifesto that they are not releasing. Why are they not releasing it? Um, there was some speculation it was because the manifesto as written didn't, um, didn't, uh, match up to some narrative that somebody wanted, um, uh, because this transgender person went into a Christian school and shot up the, the whole, the whole thing. I mean, possible, huh? Uh, Crowder read it. Um, I did not know. Um, that's interesting. Did he read it on the air? I mean, did he, does he talk about it? Does he have, um, I, I'd like, to, I would like to know more, you know, I'd like to know more. Um, that, yeah, that whole, that's just nutty. The whole thing is nutty. The whole cross-dressing, you know gender change thing is just nutty as squirrel poo salty cracker on youtube did a great video on the manifesto should pop up if you search it all right i'll take a i'll take a look at that i'll uh, i'll go back and take a read okay folks uh we are coming up on it hour two is dead ahead then i've got the white knuckle drive into anchorage that should be fun we'll see how that is uh, although it looks a lot better today than it did yesterday. I mean, they did plow my road, and there's only a couple inches on the snow now. Uh, and most of my driveway is clear, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. But we'll uh, we'll see. Okay, uh, we're continuing. Firearms Friday, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Biden. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Uh, just that chance for you. Uh, uh, to come in and talk with us about anything related to the uh, uh, Second Amendment, um, uh, and uh, you, anything's possible. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just got somebody just sent me a text that just totally blew my mind, uh, and I'm trying to get uh, uh, trying to get everything all squared away. We have Top Shot Champion uh, from Season Four um, coming in uh, here in a few minutes, uh, Chris Chang. Who again, author of the book "Shoot to Win," um, uh, president and one of the founders of the Asian uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Gun Owners Association There we go. Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. That's what I was looking for. That was that was how it works. Uh, also, of course, he's a spokesperson for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and uh, he is uh, he's just a great all-around guy. Chris Chang's going to be joining us to talk about um, some of the stuff that's happening around in his world as well. Then uh, we will finish up the show this morning with Willie Waffle uh, from WaffleMovies.com. Uh, we will uh, see what he has to say about all the things that's fit to print inside the uh, inside the uh, uh, theaters and the streams and everything else, it will be uh, it'll be fun stuff. Um, we've been following uh, some of the cases and stuff like that of, uh, of uh, some of the stories around the country of uh, for gun owners and and what's going on with the <clears throat> fights in the Supreme Court, including the Rahimi case which uh, I wanted to get into, and I was trying to drag up the, uh, uh, I was trying to, he, me, I was trying to drag up the uh, latest piece from um, um, from uh, Jacob Sullum. There you go. That's what I was looking for right there. Sorry, I found it. Jacob Sullum, um, and uh, we've got an interesting thing. Solicitor General falsely claims that a federal gun ban requires individualized findings of dangerousness. Only dangerous individuals lose their gun rights because of protective orders, says the government. Uh, the government can disarm dangerous individuals without violating Second Amendment rights. That's what the Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelegar told the Supreme Court on Tuesday. 
Matt Wright, the lawyer arguing on the other side of the U.S. v. Rahimi case, agreed with that general principle, but he did not agree that the federal law uh, Prelegar was defending, which criminalizes gun possession by people who are subject to domestic violence restraining orders, fits within that tradition. Rahimi is going to, this is going to be another huge decision right here on this, because due to the fact that you have the Lautenberg Amendment, which basically says if you have been ever been even accused, not even convicted, but accused of domestic violence uh, through a restraining order, which, again, they can get a restraining order on you without actually having any proof that you actually did anything, right? It's a preventative measure. But due to the Lautenberg Amendment being in effect, if you get a restraining order, it can impact your gun rights. Um. So the Rahimi decision is going to be absolutely, it's going to be huge. Now, um, this whole thing is, 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 is going to be very, very interesting to watch, especially in light of what Bruin did. Um, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit last February ruled that the law was not consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. That was the constitutional test from Bruin. Writing for a unanimous panel, Judge Corey T. Wilson noted that the 922 Section G, uh, Paragraph 8, works to disarm not only individuals who are a threat to other individuals, but also every party to a domestic proceeding, think a divorce court, who with no history of violence whatever becomes subject to a domestic restraining order that contains boilerplate language meeting the law's criteria. Meaning there is no there is no innocent until proven guilty. There is no nothing else. You simply go through a divorce that has some kind of boilerplate domestic restraining language in it, and you just lost your gun rights. James C. Ho, the judge James C. Ho, amplified that point in his concurring opinion. Ho said protective orders are often used as a tactical device in divorce proceedings and granted to virtually all who apply and are a tempting target for abuse. Wait, you mean when two people who are in the middle of a bitter, acrimonious breakup over, you know, people that they loved before and yet they're, they now it's a hate thing? And are you saying that they might? They, they might accuse them of something or or you abuse part of this. Really shocking. Shocking, I say. Some In some cases, uh, they have been used to disarm the victims of domestic violence, leaving them in greater danger than before. Could you imagine a husband, you know, uh, or a wife uh, issuing and getting a, a temporary restraining order, domestic restraining order against a spouse that they knew that they were going to go attack? Jeez. During the oral arguments on Tuesday, the uh, the Solicitor General Preligar suggested these problems are figments of Judge Ho's imagination. She claimed that Section 922 G8, which makes gun possession a felony by uh, a punishable by up to 15 years in prison, requires individualized findings of dangerousness. But that's that's that is not true. To trigger the loss of the Second Amendment rights under this provision. A restraining order must be preceded by a hearing of which the respondent received actual notice. That's it. 
The order must prohibit harassing, stalking, or threatening, along with other conduct that would place an intimate partner in reasonable fear of bodily injury and can include a finding that the respondent poses a credible threat, which fits Prelegar's description, but such a finding is not necessary as long as the order explicitly prohibits the use, attempted use, or threatened use of physical force, which is all in the boilerplate language of all these different um, uh, of all these different uh, uh, restraining orders. The, 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 the language regarding the use of force is, is used commonly in divorce-related restraining orders that can be readily obtained even when the respondent has no history of violence whatsoever. That's what this is all about. And uh, in that presumption, you know, so it, anyway, uh, here's what Prelegar's response to this is just, it's just insane. In response to that criticism about it being boilerplate language, Prelegar said judges are supposed to use such language only when it's justified by the facts of the case. Wait, so now they have to interpret the A judge who's considering a request for a protective order wouldn't have a basis in law to enter that prohibition on the use of physical force unless the judge thought the force was sufficiently likely to materialize. Critics like Wilson, Ho, and Wright, she said, are basically trying to suggest or insinuate that these state courts are nevertheless entering protective orders that are not justified by the facts and the law, and that just flies in the face of the presumption of regularity that the court, court applies in this context. See, again, she is basically saying, oh, this is an attack on the court. They just don't know what's going on. They're basically trying to say that all our judges are putting these restraining orders out with really no real reason and... No, it's just boilerplate language. It's just in there. Nobody is utilizing it because it it is not affecting most people. Uh, anyway, this this whole thing is just uh, astounding. I can't wait to see what comes out of this case on Rahimi, uh, and I uh, I am keeping my fingers crossed that we keep just stacking another brick in the wall. We don't need no. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just I just another brick in the wall that Brune and Heller and McDonald and these cases have started to build. I can't wait to see where this goes uh, and to see what the ultimate uh, decision on that is going to be. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what it's all. We'll see what it's all about. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and post this latest piece from Jacob Sullum. Uh, up in the uh, chat room if you want to do it and you can take a look at it in the chat room on facebook on youtube on i posted it everywhere in a single click i posted it all over the place so it'll be uh it'll be it'll be fun 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 uh all right 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 if you would like to sound off um uh, and, uh, you know, on any topic that we've discussed today or any firearms-related discussion, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, is going to be um, uh, joining us here in just a little bit, and uh, we'll be talking about, uh, well, we'll probably talk about Rahimi and more uh, and anything else that he's had going on. He's been a busy guy the last, uh, uh, the last uh, bit of time here. Uh, especially with the foundation and the formation of the APA GOA. Uh, so we'll see we'll see what he has to say about that here in just a moment. <laughs> 
Yeah, why not? We'll just take a break. I feel like taking a break. We're going to go out back and uh, have a cup of joe or something. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Chris Tang, Top Shot Champion Season 4, will be joining us shortly. And then, then, my friends, it's Willie Waffle. He'll be back with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, all right. Let's see, what do we got here? Oh boy. Welcome to Alaska. Been here long? Yeah, you know, it's really, it's not that I'm concerned as much about my driving as I am about the yahoos that are around me. The things I can't control, right? I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, the the snow isn't the problem. Eh, The snow can be the problem, depending on how much is out there with the slush factor and everything else. I mean, they were saying yesterday, I was reading the Facebook group for the Glen Highway traffic report, and they were like, yeah, it was like essentially 35 miles an hour. On the Glen Highway, <laughs> 35 miles an hour. It's a, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, uh, look, CR, I believe we're closer to democracy. Not necessarily. Um, uh, uh, okay. Don't guy guys, don't, don't, don't get, just, you know. Let's go. Um, you guys don't fight. Jeremy, be nice. Bill, Bill be nice. Goodness. Um, man, everybody's so salty today. What the hell? Would you like a little? Would you like a little soup with your salt? No soup for you. Well-regulated malcontents at that. Uh, uh, lifer said it was the worst they have seen, says Brian, beating the road conditions on the way in. I know, I know. I mean, if I, if I didn't have some kind of crisis brewing in Anchorage that I had to get deal and deal to, yeah, I would definitely not be leaving this house today. So, um, it's, uh. Should be good. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to stop for donuts on the way because I deserve donuts for what I'm doing. I haven't had a donut in several months. I'm stopping for donuts. It was them van virtual donuts. Yeah, they did it to me. I need me a I need me a donut on the way in. Okay. Well, let's see what's. Uh... Chris should be joining us in uh, any second here. Um, 
looking to see if he's in the green room. There we go. All right. Well, we're going to be joined by Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion Chris Chang here in just a moment. Let me turn this off because we have no need of this. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I like Jason's Donuts. I don't think that they're the best. I mean, they are for certain ones. You know, it's like everybody's got one. You know, like every place has got one great donut. Uh, King's Donuts have got consistently some, some of the best ones. Um, but they make like that big triangle with a Bavarian cream in it that's just amazing. But Dino's Donuts down in Anchorage has a crumb cinnamon crumb cake donut that's just amazing. And the chocolate crullers over at Golden Donuts are great. And the um, cheese danishes at Jason's are amazing. Uh, you know, everybody's got a different... Every shop has got their specialty. That's what I'm saying. I've never eaten a bad donut, but every shop has got their specialty. That's for sure. Uh, all right. I see him. The man, the myth, the legend in his own mind. Uh, no, <laughs> give him a hard time. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4, joins us this morning. Oh, from his Aspen Lodge again. I see how it is. <laughs> right, right. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Good this? morning. I was I was going <laughs> to say, boy, you are so kind and generous with your uh, your compliments, <laughs> and I'm just going to take away that that thank you. I know, as, I know. As fast it's, as I gave it. It's one of those things where you get to know somebody long enough that you can start poking fun, and then they're like, oh, I see how it is now. I see. Game on, bitch. I mean, come on. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you ready to go, my friend? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it to it. Okay. We are 14 seconds out. Um, uh, and we'll just, we're just going to riff. I, I got, I was going to talk about Rahimi if you want to talk about that or whatever else you want to talk about, but I'll let you drive the bus a little bit here. Here we go. All right. Let's go. The Michael Duke show. Common sense radio. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Every freaking time I'm going to do that for Chris because he just every <laughs> time he, he just gets that smile on his face like when he all of a sudden he realizes what's going on. It's just one of those smiles. I mean, I could, you know, instead I could be playing, uh, you know, I could be playing stuff like this. Put a pistol on a brace. It may, turns into a gun. Makes more. You can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning it into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. I mean. What? There's <laughs> just a bunch of just words. Too. I know. Oh my words, gosh. words are hard, right? I mean, words are <laughs> hard. And it was my favorite one. We all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. <laughs> what? Ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. Oh my! We are all oh. we are all dumber. Oh. We're all dumber for hearing that. But I mean, you know, this this ahead. makes me want to go into Chat GPT and I type in like, what is one of the most you know make up 
ridiculous gun control arguments that you can create and have ChatGPT just do word salad like it is <laughs> it is absolute word salad i mean you got you got carolyn mccarthy and the piss and the and the uh the 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 shoulder brace thing and the barrel shroud you got schumer and the brace thing you got all the stuff that biden says about you know shooting it out the window and then nine millimeter making you explode and now that thing with a you know if you strap it to the gun and it makes it bigger caliber and i mean these people have absolutely no idea how any of this stuff actually works right i mean that's the problem they're making laws and regulations on things that they absolutely know nothing about and it's all about theater right it's all about doing something in in the mean yeah exactly and and obviously all politicians are concerned about re-election right so they they score these cheap political points. They they get everybody all riled up and tap into people's emotions and fear. And then they restrict our civil rights and curtail our Second Amendment. And they chocolate up as a win, right? And then they get to, you know, parade that around during their re-election campaigns to say, hey, right, I quote, did something, even if that something is violate the Constitution. But a lot of Americans are they're they're kind of suckers. For that right that's and that so that that's a big problem that's yeah a problem no, absolutely that, i mean that's yeah. that's where the 1968 gun control act really came from because there was that huge push at the time uh because violent crime had been on the rise and they're like well we must do something and of course that really didn't help with much uh you know because the cr criminals by their very definition don't obey the law i just want to point that out and that's where we got a lot. I mean, it seems like the reactions to a lot of these gun control laws, um, you know, it was the gangsters in in the 30s that, you know, that were prohibitionists. They're the ones that triggered, uh, you know, triggered the NFA uh, and, the, and the Bureau of Revenue at the time that was going after guns and bootleggers and everything else. And then, of course, prohibition got reversed and they didn't have a job anymore and they're like well let's go after guns and the next thing you know oh al capone and the and the and the chicago typewriter and oh this should be illegal and i mean it just it's just every time it's a reaction to either bureaucracy bureaucratic oversight creep or it is just politicians yearning to do something to protect us from something yeah, and you know, you bring up a really good example with the 1934 National Firearms Act, right? The NFA Act, which you know severely restricted civilian access to machine guns, and it was a big, you know, largely in response to uh, the gangs um, in the prohibition trade, and and you know they were using Thompson machine guns, and right, local police were you know outgunned, and and that we we just know where that has landed us today. And, you know, it's just a continual response, negative response by our government to continue restricting and curtailing our Second Amendment rights, right? And all these mass shootings, right? It's, it's sort of the same dynamic. We have a very small pop portion of our population who's committing, who are committing these heinous crimes, right? And the, and the rest of us are being unfairly punished for them. And, you know, but with the Supreme Court, you know, they are taking on some new, um, you know, Second Amendment cases. You know, the bump stock ban is uh, is, is one of uh, many issues that are uh, that's that's on the SCOTUS docket. Um, there's news right the other day that the uh, the ban has been uh, suspended um, and, and we're going to see what the final final decision for the bump stock ban is uh, going to be. Probably, you know, decision rendered in June is what it looks like. 
Um, so, you know, that I, from what I understand, you know, that decision is <clears throat> looking like it's going to land in favor of, uh, of Second Amendment rights, which is good. Um, and the other case that is, that is really fascinating is the uh, domestic violence uh, case that the Rahimi is, case? You know, yeah, we were just talking yeah. about that. We just had a full rundown of the Rahimi case, and that's always been a problem. I mean, ever since the Lautenberg Amendment was instituted, basically anytime you have a domestic violence restraining order put on you, the boilerplate language can turn you into a prohibited person. Uh, and we know that during a divorce or something like that, there's lots of contentious issues and anybody, you know, you can almost get a restraining order against anybody for, you know, almost no, it's a very low bar. And to have your Second Amendment rights taken away without having the ability to defend yourself or even, you know, in, in some cases even know about it, this is a huge problem. This is, and this is a huge case right now. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think there's, um, a, a, a pretty, I think, you know, kind of a, it's a conflict of of principles because right on, on the surface, it's it's about right. Should we be restricting, uh, you know, violent individuals and you know felons, right, from having firearms, right? If those who are deemed unsafe, right, in our society, I think many of us, right, agree. Okay, well, like those people should not have firearms. However, on the other hand, if if the process like you pointed out, is unfair and due process isn't put in place. Well, right then, that's that that that's a that's a separate problem. Um, and so this is where again, you know, nuance with the Second Amendment um, is is important, right? It's important to understand. Well, right, it's 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 just not as simple as banning assault weapons, right? And then all of a sudden, mass shootings go away, right? That's just right. like. A lot of people think that, but that's but the problem. They... There's no nuance in government. That's the problem. It's mm -hmm. like it's like all the way on or all the way off, right? Yeah. It's like uh, all felons, or you know, instead of just saying violent felons, or you know, white collars are fine, or you know, whatever it happened 40 years ago, you know, kind of thing. All felons or no felons are prohibited. It's like there's no in between. They do not have the I, new gray areas are not a governmental strength. Yeah, exactly, and. Um... You know, but I'm, I'm I'm glad the Supreme Court's gonna gonna rule on this. Uh, it's a, it's just another issue where we just need to get some clarity and you know finality. Uh, well, hopefully we get finality. At least we'll get hopefully clarity on the issue in terms of okay, well, if uh, if if the due process piece needs to be improved upon, well, right then let let's let's do that. Uh, but clearly there's uh, so much confusion. Uh, the plaintiff. Right. In, in the case is not a model plaintiff. He's not right, a good guy. All. No, I mean, that's you know, a, that's problematic. He is not a good guy. Uh, yeah. And, but, and, 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 you know, the, the optics are terrible, right, for you right. know gun rights organizations to, to be backing this criminal plaintiff. Um, I mean, it's uh, the, I get it. Um, you're right. That that. Well, right. The, <laughs> these are the cards that were dealt. Uh, and it's I think it's a terrible hand, right? To to be very frank. But they can't. Um, but they can't not defend it because if they don't, and then precedent is set by the court, that's a problem. So they're it's a problem, so, so yeah, they're stuck with this stinky hand saying they've got to defend this guy, and it's not that they're defending him; they're defending his right. Uh, that is yeah, the same yeah, right exactly. that's shared by all of us. That's the problem. And if they don't do yeah. that again, it's the precedent that would be set that could wreck everything. And it's been encouraging to see the, uh, you know, the, the, the team basically 
say and admit that right they're plaintiff maybe not a model citizen right and not not the best of plaintiffs but yeah it's it's about defending the principle right defending the individual civil right and the collective right civil right in this case um so we'll see what happens you know hopefully we'll we'll see a, a judgment in june or the june time frame when the supreme court usually releases their decisions I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're about three minutes uh, before we got to go here. What's going on with APGOA? What's happening with NSSF? I mean, put on all your hats and quickly go through yeah. them and tell us what's going on. You're a busy guy. Yeah, with uh, with APGOA, uh, yeah, still still growing the organization. This is the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. Um, been been very very exciting to see this grassroots gun organization continue to grow. And to hold events, you know, throughout, you know, through over, you know, through the country. And uh, let's see, NSSF. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I've been talking about a bunch of videos, right, that are uh, coming out. They're they're dripping out, which is uh, exciting. And so, a lot of these videos, or actually, all the videos, are focused towards the new shooter, and specifically more of a cultural angle. Uh, for example, just the other day, the NSSF released a video where I talk about, <clears throat> you know, if, if you're a gun owner, bringing a friend. Or family member or colleague to the range for the first time you know before you go you should try and set their expectations as much as possible and some of these real basic things like when you go to the range it's going to be loud right there's going to be gunshots right right <laughs> i mean some of these basics right that that you and i might take for granted or you know you walk into the gun shop that's you know, usually ranges also have gun shops right? and usually you check in like at the gun shop counter and you are more likely, you know, than not, or you're going to see a civilian with a holstered pistol, right? And for a lot of new shooters, right, that they're only used to seeing um, individuals with holstered weapons if they're law enforcement, right? right? That is that's a meltdown so, moment. That's a meltdown. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've had some new students um, comment, right, yeah. how. Um, kind of off-putting it was to see non-law enforcement you know people with holstered pistols inside the gun shop behind the counter right these are employees and so I, I took that as a learning lesson that hey you know let's not take anything for granted when we're taking a new shooter to the range because look big picture we need this to be a good experience for them right yeah. and and because we want them to hopefully come back right and shoot right. more but at minimum, we want them to have a good experience. And, and again, setting those expectations ahead of time is one simple thing that we all can do to make our, our new shooter friends experience, uh, you know, uh, really awesome and enjoyable. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4. We're out of time for this segment, folks. we got Willie Waffle coming up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Sorry about that, Chris. Uh, where do folks find these videos? I mean, that's a. I mean, that that sounds like a good one because, like you said, I mean, you see people and and oh, it's so off-putting. Or people have an absolute freak out that somebody has a gun on their hip. It, it is. It is a, managing expectations is an important component. Uh, so where do we go out and find out these the the, the National Shooting Sports Foundation of the end your your website their website both where are yeah they? exactly yeah so the NSSF they are uh, on YouTube uh, they're on Instagram uh, and, and Twitter of course so you can find uh, my videos there and if you follow me at Top Shot Chris 
Uh, I'm also, you know, posting those those videos as well. And they're very short, you know, 30 to 60 second little little tidbits. They're very shareable uh, videos that, uh, you know, are, are informative and helpful. Right. And, and again, the goal here is to help bring new shooters into our community and, and not just bring them in, but hopefully get them to stay right and get them coming back to to you know enjoy the shooting sports and also learn how to defend themselves if that's something that they want to do and then also ultimately understand and appreciate our second amendment rights what are you working on now chris what else uh, anything new in the wind anything new in the yeah what so you going my on? next uh my next project here is i'm uh, writing uh my second book oh. so first book was you know shoot to win an instructional book for the the new shooter uh, my next book here, though, is going to be about Asian American U.S. military history, specifically World War II, and focusing on the 442nd Regiment Combat Team, which was an all Japanese American regiment that has the most Purple Hearts um, in U.S. military history for a unit of its size and duration. Uh, about 9,500 Purple Hearts were awarded. Uh, to this to this regiment and so their nickname is the purple heart battalion and there's some incredible stories wow uh, of heroism of the purple heart battalion's fight against racism you know, right lots of anti-asian sentiment right during world war ii following pearl harbor and these courageous americans of japanese descent you know made the choice to fight for our country to defend their honor and to prove that they belong here in this country just like every other american and so it's a the purple heart battalion is a is just an incredibly inspiring story and, and it inspired me and, and it's a story that uh, i only recently learned about and uh that's shocking because i was born in california right and it's like right. i never even heard of the purple heart battalion right. until a few years ago so i'm really excited i'm doing research right now uh, but I'm going to uh, hopefully have uh, the book out maybe uh, a year from now. So we'll, well, we'll definitely be, have more to talk about. That'll be great. I mean, you know, it, it was always fascinating to me that as a country and as a nation, you know, the Japanese internment camps and kind of this turning on, you know, we didn't see the same kind of sentiment against German Americans. I mean, there was to a to a point or to a degree, but we didn't see the same thing that we saw against Japanese Americans. And I don't know if that's because it was such a visible thing, you know, the differences between us that you could see it, you know, in a glance or in a look. But I always found it shocking that that's what it is. And then to see people who, again, decided, well, I'm, I don't care how you treat me, I'm going to stand up and do what's right and then go back and fight for the country. It's it, It's got to be a amazing story. I, I will look forward to that for sure. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to uh, take care of that. So, uh, and I appreciate it. We had tomorrow's Veterans Day. Not a better day to, not a better day to let us know about it. So we appreciate that. Uh, and uh, good luck with that. If, yeah, and thank you. you. Give us any, if you get anything new, let us know. We're, we're always happy to have you on board, my friend. Indeed. So, thanks so much. Thanks for the discussion today. Uh, appreciate it. And we will see you, uh, I guess. This is November. I was thinking it was December. My God, my brain. I was going to say, was happy, like, happy, what happy, words are about to come out of your mouth? Yeah, I think happy, they're pretty happy, simple. See you next month. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> happy December. I was just going to say happy Thanksgiving. I almost said Merry Christmas, but it's happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk happy to Thanksgiving you. Happy Thanksgiving to you we'll, as well. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to listeners. you in December for Christmas. 
dude it's been a day or two all right okay <laughs> 27 inches of snow it's just it is what it is wow yeah so yeah that's that's pretty gnarly <laughs> all right we will uh, we'll catch you next time chris thanks so much it's good to Indeed. talk with you all right bye. take care bye-bye um all right <laughs> i just had like a i just had like an aneurysm or something it's like my brain didn't work it was, it was... um brian just said he just said he put it into chat gtp the only way to achieve true gun control is to replace all firearms with water guns. Think about it. Water guns are harmless and they promote hydration and fun. If everyone had water guns instead of real guns, we could solve conflicts through water fights and promote a more lighthearted society. Plus exit. Yeah. I think you have to put some more parameters in there. I think you have to put some more parameters. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think it's important that you put a little bit more, you know, Okay, we're 30 seconds out. Uh, we are ready to go. Um, lights on, phone's ready. Willie's hanging out, waiting in the wings. Let's get this thing done. The weekend movie review and entertainment report. And, oh, oh the Michael Duke show. <laughs> Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Let's get it done. Like a chair. Okay, we are ready. Let's do this thing. Willie Waffle. WaffleMovies.com. The weekend movie review is right now. We're just we're going to jump right in with both feet. Good news. Good news. Finally, the strike is over. Hello, my friend. Give me the give me the rundown here. That's right. The white smoke rose from the Warner Brothers water tower. They went to the top of the mountain and shouted, <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, the strike is over. The million, the millionaire actors will now, along with the billionaire studios, be making even more money. Praise Jesus. Oh, Lord. And I yeah. Mean- can you imagine? That's, that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Oh, they got, you know, and again, all the other people are sitting around smoking cigarettes, waiting for them to be able to get back to work. I just like to pay the rent. You know what yep. I mean? But, you know, it's just, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, what's the oh, deal? God, give, me, yeah, but, give me the rundown here. Yeah. So the, so the strike over, it hasn't been officially uh, adopted by the union yet, uh, but it, it, it's it's going to happen. Uh, you know, essentially uh, the, the Association of Motion Picture and Television Producers uh, or the Alliance, pardon me, and uh, the Screen Actors Guild after um, cut a deal. They finally came to terms on uh, some AI stuff. They came to terms on some residuals and they said, good, we're all ready to move forward. So production is hot and heavy. And one of the biggest things you're going to notice first is the stars are going to be back on your TV. They're going to be allowed to go out and promote their movies again. So, like, you know, Jimmy Fallon has already booked a bunch of people for Friday night. Uh, you know, so is Stephen Colbert. I mean, you know, they, you know, I, I, I half expect people to be showing up on the weekend shows that they would never have done before. But you know, hey, we got to do something. Uh, then you're going to have. 
Yep, the premieres are going to start again. So, you know, they're very excited. The uh, the Takiri Watiti uh, movie that's coming out uh, was a next goal, or I forget what is it called, something like that. Uh, next goal, their next goal wins. Uh, you know, they have Michael Fassbender. They're now going to have a big premiere event next week, so they can they can get some publicity for that. Uh, your TV shows are going to be the first to really kind of make the big move and make the comeback. Uh, you know, most of them probably need until after Thanksgiving, maybe until after Christmas to really start producing programs again. Uh, one of the big things that they're going to be facing is there's kind of a written into the contracts, a, a holiday break. <laughs> so Good God. You might not see. <laughs> yeah. We just went through you this whole thing see. and now we need a break. Now we need a, we need know, a vacation right? from our vacation. Yeah. yeah. So there's going to be some stuff going into production right after Thanksgiving, most probably after January. The idea being that most of your television programs will have shortened seasons going anywhere from 10 to 13 episodes, uh, you know, starting, well, you know, just in time for February. Sweet, my friends. So, you know, they got that going for them. Uh, and then your movies are really the ones who are suffering the most. And uh, you know, we already saw a bunch of movies like Mission Impossible got moved uh and uh, just 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 last night, uh, Disney dropped the bombshell. Uh, they're moving everything. Oh, wow. So Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool three, which is supposed to be in May, will now be pushed to late July. Uh, there's going to be a Lion King prequel, which is supposed to be in July. That's going to be in at Christmas. The new Captain America: Brave New World movie that's getting kicked out of July to February of 2025. And then Thunderbolts and Blade, uh, the Blade reboot, uh, will be coming out in uh, in 2025 as well. Uh, so that's happening. Uh, you know, we're now getting word the ABC decided, well, we're going to cancel a couple of shows now that we uh, we know how much money we need to save to pay all this additional Ooh, money. Ow. So that's that's happening. Yeah, that's happening. So you know, it's just it's just going to be crazy. And I think you know, you and I talked about this a little bit. The, the biggest the biggest I think uh, fight is going to be in the movies because you've got these stars John Cena the Rock uh, you know name name your top stars Brad Pitt who typically have movies lined up for you know two years out right and and they have a very tight schedule and that schedule got blown to bits and now the fight is going to be over okay. I signed The Rock to start shooting my movie in January. Well, and if he missed his chance to do it with you because of the strike, tough luck. And that studio is going to say, well, you know, you have to make up to us, The Rock, because, you know, we have to produce this and you are under contract. So that'll be a fight. There'll be a fight for getting uh, crews and, and getting studios, you know, get, getting getting time with the graphic uh, artists and, yeah. and the CGI uh, companies that are going to have to produce all these things. So there's going to be a lot of fighting and fussing and feuding going on, my friends. And uh, it, it'll be it'll be wild to watch. You know, this is where you're going to find out who which this is where you're going to find out which stars think which companies butter their bread the best yeah, <laughs> well and i think you're right i think the tv stuff they're going to be able to turn because they're able to turn stuff around pretty quick but yeah. still uh it's going to be and it's going to be interesting to see who survives there's going to be a purge probably on every network as they do this trying yeah, to figure and, out and how they're going to pay for some of this stuff because it's a pretty significant bump 
Well, and streaming being, I think, one of the biggest ones, uh, you know, because they're the ones who really have had to increase the residuals and the payments. And uh, they've had to put in a reward system where if you hit certain uh, certain streaming levels, you're going to get a big fat bonus that will be split among the crew and the staff and the in the uh, and the uh, actors and actresses and stuff. So they're going to be the ones. And and that we already kind of had some fallout on that yesterday. Uh, you know, Max, which used to be HBO Max has decided to shelve their uh, John Cena movie, uh, Coyote versus Acme Incorporated, which is already filmed, which is already in the can. It was specifically produced for HBO Max, but now Max is saying, you know, we just don't have any place to put it. And we just don't, we're not going to put it on Max and we can't put it in theaters. So we're just going to take the big fat tax break and put this wow. thing on the shelf right, ne- right next to Batgirl. Wow. So, okay. Well, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. That should be an interesting thing to watch. We'll we'll see how it all shakes down. But at least I guess we're going to get start getting some new shows back, which I think is. I mean, I'll, although I don't know, I've had plenty of stuff to watch. I don't know what everybody else is whining about. I've had plenty of stuff to watch. Um, real quick. Yeah, we, there's plenty of stuff, but go I got to find out what happens on Chicago Med, man. Oh, come on, they left yeah. me in a cliffhanger. Oh, I've been cliffhanging since May. Uh, Yellowstone season five is the only thing that I'm going to say. We'll see if that thing actually comes to fruition. It's such a hot that, mess, right? That's actually the biggest one. I, I think they've already announced that thing's put pushed to 2025. And, oh. and the biggest problem there is because you can't get Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner has this dream project, this like trilogy of Western movies that he is dedicated to, and he's not budging. And he this is this is what caused all the friction with uh, him filming the the part two of season five in the first place. And now that they're even beyond that, Yellowstone's just waiting for him to say, okay, I, I'm going to make some time for you. Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> we'll have to see. We'll have to see what comes down. Uh, before we jump over to the streams, though, uh, I did want to touch on this one because it's such a huge deal for nerds like me. Legend of Zelda, the video game, which has been around since, well, before I graduated high school. Uh, 1986, yeah. 20 different versions of this game, and the last one was like Game of the Year, you know, huge success. I mean, people have been playing Legend of Zelda for years, finally making it to the big screen. Yes, yeah, Sony and Nintendo have cut a deal. They're going to have a live-action version of The Legend of Zelda. So, you know, right now it's, it looks like one movie, but I'm sure there are options for sequels if it makes a lot of money. And uh, it's going to be headed up by Wes Ball, who is the uh, guy who's best known for the Maze Runner movies, which does not give me hope. But, you yeah, know, maybe exactly. it'll, it'll be better than we thought. Uh, and really, that's all we've got. They just basically they made the deal this week. Uh, they have a director. Now they've got to go into development. They've got to cast people. You're probably you're probably a couple years away from seeing that movie. All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Let's move on to the uh, let's move on to the big ones here. What uh, what do we got in the theater and on the streams? I, you know, I think we have to talk about the Marvels. The Marvels. This is the latest Marvel flick. It's a trilogy yep. of women. I could just see it right now. It's all girl power. Ms. Marvel and then two other Marvels. I don't know. They're from a different universe or whatever. Anyway. Well, you have you have Captain Marvel, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you have Ms. Marvel, uh, you have Kamala Khan, who was in the uh, Disney Plus series, who's extremely charming and wonderful, and really is maybe the best thing about this whole movie. And and Captain uh, Captain Rambeau, who is uh, who is uh, the family friend of of uh, Captain Marvel, who 
Right. You know, they had a little falling out because of the blip. And and see, this is here's here's my problem with the whole Marvel. So let me let me let me let me just drop it to break you it down for you. Break it down. I, I I feel like I didn't do my homework. It's like you gotta watch this series on Disney Plus to know this. And you gotta see this this like tease from a from the credits of another movie to know this. And you gotta know this from this other I mean it's like you have to like be this diehard dedicated Marvel person to be caught up. And and I they try to help you out and they try to drop kind of some information and help you understand what's going on and help you understand, you know, how these uh, how these characters have gotten to this point. But, you know, I just feel like that Marvel formula is wearing on people. It is. It, it's the same formula. It's like we'll use the TV series to 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 lead to the movies to give us new characters. We'll use the movies to kind of tell a story, but really we're working towards some bigger, massive showdown years <laughs> right. down the road. Right. And and we're gonna put stuff in the trailers to make you all excited about future movies that will then do the same thing to you. Man. Okay. Uh, and of course, the problem is whenever you see these things. The movies have got to be standalone enough that people don't have to have a bunch of backstory. I mean, that's that's a problem when you've built such an interconnected universe of so many different things. You you know, you got to make it so that people it's like an author who who's writes a book that's part of a series. Sure, it'd be great to read all the other ones. But what if you just jump in in the middle? You got to have enough context to be able to understand everything. Yeah, and, and and you know they try to make this one standalone as much as they can. I mean, they have a straight up story. You know, there's an evil person out there in the universe who has a, a similar bracelet or bangle that Miss Marvel has. It's the other one of the magical, mystical, you know, mysterious pair that now is giving her the power to get revenge on Captain Marvel and everybody she cares about in every world she has ever protected. And, you know, that is kind of the story. And we, we see the, the three Marvels coming together and working as a team and overcoming adversity. And we get some great one-liners from Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. But we're just kind of going through the motions. There's, there, it doesn't have those emotional highs. It doesn't have the, those great climactic moments. I mean, the fight scenes are eh. The comedy is the best part about the whole movie. I'm kind of at like one and a half waffles. Oh, I just feel like a Marvel if you movie. miss oh. this, you're... Yeah, you're not missing anything if you miss this. Heck, I'll tell you what they show you in the at the at the uh, before the credits run. I'll tell you what they put in the middle of the credits, and at the end of the credits, there's nothing that you need to see uh, except you know they they make a little joke about something that happened earlier in the movie. Oh, Boom, man, we'll get you taken care of, man. Heck, those spoilers are probably out there right now. If you just search on the internet, you probably find go, it faster go find than it. you can email me. Yeah. Uh, all right. One and a half waffles for the Marvels. We got the killer and the curse, and we've got about two and a half minutes here. Okay. So the killer is actually pretty cool. I think this might be the best movie. It's on Netflix. It's Michael Fassbender as an assassin, but he's an assassin who botches a job. Oh, that's and, never good. Uh, yeah. Not good. And now that employer's turned on him, and he's on the run. But now he's got to come back because he finds out his employer has gone too far. And now it's personal. And you know, this is directed by David Fincher. Uh, you know, it is it is really a movie about being slow. 
you know, like there's focus on the process. How does right. the assassin do his job? How does he control the situation? The whole methodical nature of his entire character and what he does to try to keep his cool when things go wrong. I'm at three and a half waffles. I mean, I just think it's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like a new premise, but uh, I'll watch anything with Michael Fassbender in it. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it would be good. So three and a half waffles for The Killer on Netflix. On to Paramount Plus Showtime, The Curse. Yeah, so it's going to be running on Paramount Plus uh, with Showtime. That's what they call that streaming part of the service. Uh, first, like starting today. And then it, the new episodes will run every Sunday on Showtime. So that's kind of the pattern. They want you to watch on streaming, but they know you might you know, check it out on Showtime on Sundays. And it is a, a series that stars Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder as this uh, married, these married hosts of an HGTV series. And they're trying to change this New Mexico or this, you know, this, this town in New Mexico they really doesn't want them, doesn't want all their liberal baloney, doesn't think they need to save the town and make it a hippie, liberal, yuppie, you know, go to uh, place. They just want to just have their lives. And uh, what, what ends up being the, the joke or really the driving force in this thing is that the the actual show is not very good. So the producer is kind of driving the drama by showing the way that these two have their marriage falling apart and the troubles that they're facing. So it becomes kind of one of those cringe kind of comedies <laughs> like The Office. You know, oh God. And that actually works really well. I've been like three waffles for this. Oh, man, that would be funny. To, you know, and that's the inception of it, a reality show inside of a reality show inside of a movie. Yep. Of, yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. And I love Emma Stone. I think that'd be great. All right. So three waffles for The Curse. We got The Killer. We got The Marbles. We got Willy Waffle. Uh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. We will see you next week. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on next week, man. All right. I can't wait to hear more about it. All right, folks, we're out of time. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Stay I haven't even decided if I'm driving into town yet. There's still so much snow. We'll see what happens. Be safe out there. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so disappointing on the Marvels. I mean, I can't, Captain Marvel's not my favorite character anyway. But um, yeah, Captain Marvel has not struck a chord like the other Marvel characters yeah, have. No. You know, it's it's like she's almost like the one that people resent. Like like going to Captain America was like the one step too far it's like we already had enough uh we already had enough uh, avengers now we got to add all these other people and uh, i think people feel like it started with captain marvel <laughs> well and 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 honestly they'd avoided mostly in most of the marvel movies they avoided that kind of commentary you know the girl power and all this other kind of stuff and that movie was kind of rank with it in a lot of ways it was still a good movie you know but I, I think at some point people are like i want to be entertained i don't want to be yesterday i interviewed an author one of my favorite authors and i told him i said one of the things i appreciate about you is while i can read between the lines and kind of see where your politics are you don't just outright come out and say anything or preach anything he's like you know i i defend half my audience either way you know so why would i do that it's here to entertain and yeah I think, I think you know it was like watching the fall of the house of usher that last, it was right up mm -hmm. to that last episode. And then there was that little four-minute diatribe at the end yes, of the Yes, I know what you're talking about. And, yep. I, and I just looked at my wife and I went, why? I mean, you, you could have, why? Why, why, why do you do that? Why? 
you know, because up yeah. until then this was this was nine ninety nine out of a hundred, and now all of a sudden you've dropped it back to eighty five because you just you took me right out of the story with all your BS, you know. And, yeah, and, and go ahead. No, no, and I think you know the Marvels. You know, it while it's not overt, I mean, it's clearly the girl power movie. You know, and it, it's about the three of them coming together and becoming a team and and working together. You know, and and they get into a lot of the family stuff and the history that uh, you know that, that Carol Danvers has with uh, with uh, Rambo, and uh, so you know you get a little bit of that, and you get the sweet, touching little ending, and you know it, it does play to that level a lot, um, as opposed to a lot of the other Marvel movies. Right. Well, you know, and then you see, I mean, I didn't need that for Black Widow. I didn't need that for other female. No. Why, you know, why all of a sudden is it just you know, anyway, uh, it's yeah, irritating. Just, just let Captain Marvel kick butt. Yeah. That's what we want. Hey, you didn't you tell know? me you didn't tell me about the Disney uh, and Hulu merge thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this is huge. So, you know, we, we found out, you know, that Disney essentially bought out Comcast. That was their other partner in Hulu. And uh, they are going to. They're going to eat up Hulu, baby. <laughs> Hulu is now going to be part of Disney Plus, okay? So it, it's going to start, like, kind of next month. Uh, a lot of people who have the, these bundles that they've been getting, like, Disney and, and Hulu together, um, they're going to get, like, a beta version of of the new Disney Plus with Hulu in it. So Hulu is going to go away. It's, it's going to become Disney Plus. And you'll have a Hulu channel or a Hulu section in Disney Plus to get all that. You know, one of the things that's slowing them down is they, they need to work out the parental controls because the bear should never be on Disney right, Plus. Right, Let's exactly. Let's just be honest, okay? Yeah, no. You know, they... So they got to work that out. But it looks like, you know, by March, it's going to be Disney Plus and, uh, and and they're going to try to combine the two. And, and I'm kind of curious what's going to happen to me. I'm a subscriber to both. You know, right now they're talking about the price being what the bundle price is. So, like, if you've got one of the bundle uh, Disney Plus uh, and Hulu for nine ninety nine because you get the ads, or nineteen ninety nine without the ads, I mean, is that going to be my new Disney Plus cost? And you know, I don't have to pay for Hulu anymore. Is what it's going right, to sound like. Right. So that that's going to develop, and you're going to see that in early spring of twenty twenty four. Well, if my price comes down a little bit, that'll be good because I saw that my Disney price has just been jacked up over and over and over again. But we'll, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to watch it. Yeah, but I, I think that's why they crammed Hulu into Disney Plus because you know that that really is their bread and butter. They think that's their trademark is is Disney and and everything that goes along with it. Um, you know, which you know, these days isn't all positive. <laughs> so yeah, no. they 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 are gambling there. Uh, but they they seem to think that the Disney brand is a bigger brand than Hulu. So let Hulu be eaten up. And you know, let's face it, it was Disney that bought Hulu, not the other way around. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And of course, they fold all their ABC shows into it and everything else. And so, yep. we'll see what happens. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. As always, great to talk with you. We'll see you next week. All right. Talk to you next week. There's gonna you. It's gonna be uh, what the the Hunger Games sequel next week or prequel? Prequel. Okay. I can't. Yep. Wait. Prequel. I just can't wait. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. So, all right. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. All right, folks. Out of time. We will see you on Monday.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs>